Hey, welcome to the podcast. It's your host, Todd Johnson, from the podcast series, Winning with Todd Johnson. And I have one of my great friends here with me today, and I'll allow him to introduce himself. But today's topic, you know, normally we would talk about uh, a certain type of customer. Well, we're gonna focus today, he and I, on jargon and just what it means to be in this industry. I've known him for over 10 years, so it's gonna be real talk about how our industry functions and flows. So go ahead and introduce yourself to these awesome people. Jeff? Yeah, my name's Jeff Del Verne. I actually met uh, Todd about 10 years ago. Um, he was actually, I was really blessed. He was my mentor, so. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I was coming from a different industry, had no idea about pharmaceutical sales and was able to meet Todd. And the cool thing about that was, <laughs> as someone that's fresh out of training, he was able to kind of take me under my or under his wing and uh, kind of train me as to how do you deal with offices, how do you deal with staff, <laughs> uh, what things are good, what things are bad, and I kind of consider it a blessing. Uh, oh man, I so think the reason I'm kind of chuckling, because this guy is ultra successful right now. He's gonna finish telling the story, but for me, it was just like second nature and to see him now he's just like he's like the michael jordan of his industry right now so what well, little bit i was able to do or give um i'm grateful so go ahead and i'm sorry go ahead and tell, finish the story buddy no i think it's uh i, I that kind of started my journey i was coming from commercial real estate yeah, i remember got into pharmaceutical sales uh wow. with uh, lily and you know, I think it was just perfect timing to find a good mentor, someone to train me, Thanks, get me man. into offices, see how the industry works. And then I was able to have some success because of it. A and lot I of think, success. Yeah, I think what I took from that was like, you know, always be willing to give to people. I think that was like a key component. So I always try to help others. But then I also seek out typically the most successful reps or people <laughs> in that company to just say like, what portions of your game can I incorporate into my own? And it really kind of gets, allows me to cut the line. Um, and I, like I always tell my kids, don't recreate the wheel. I think right. that was the beautiful part about uh, me interfacing with you at that time in my life was uh, I, I didn't have to recreate the wheel and then wow. was able to kind of cut the line. So I appreciate it and uh, super excited about being on your pod. So, so it's funny, he says something that we're all, if you're a first time listener, if you've heard before, I talk about one of the key components of, of being successful, winning is serving others. And so quite naturally, we clicked the moment we met. And I remember us going out to an office in Oak Harbor, Ohio. <laughs> it was in Oak Harbor, Ohio, a big practice, fairly big practice. And uh, these providers particularly weren't, weren't too inviting and they were short and to the point. Do you remember that interaction, how that went down? I do. So, <laughs> I do. I, like, you know, what's interesting is I think that's when I realized, like, you don't have to be great at everything. And I think your gift, and I told you Thank at the you. time, was like, you're, you're great order. Thank and you. So it, my Thank job, you. I kind of saw as if I can get you an audience, um, <laughs> I'm going to be successful. And I think, you know, we're raised, the way we're raised yeah. is very much like, like you have to be one way or you have to be this or that, or you have to be good at everything. And that's just not reality. And I it think isn't. early on, I realized like, I'm not a great order, but you were, and that he was kind of your, super, that was is. your superpower. And I was able to kind of leverage it. And uh, it was a key, key moment. I think I, I put you in front of them. <laughs> you were able to kind of talk through the product. And then we, we saw some early success and I think success breeds success. So it, 
kind of got us off on a good foot is, yeah. is kind of how I remember it. And so the one thing I know about this industry, still yet farm industry, is that you're going to par need to partner with someone really to win. It's that long ranger mentality that doesn't last out. I mean, you may start out kind of successful, but you won't have that longevity. And so I was so grateful that I was able to partner with you because quite naturally, I had my district manager and you had your district manager. What was the product? Was it Symbol? What product did we have? We had uh, Cymbalta, and then remember they were selling uh, Daily Cialis. At oh, that's that right, time. that's right, that's and, right. Uh, yeah, yeah, for benign parasitic hyperplasia. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and I think you and I actually did an overlap on. Um, there was another product that you had. The that I didn't. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. That's I had it. the underarm testosterone product. So yeah. we, but we overlapped on a lot of customers, and at that time in the industry, it was very much like it was a lone wolf industry, and in yeah, that you yeah. were like worried that someone else might get the credit. And I think because I was new and, and I like knew you were good people, I was like, I don't care who gets the credit. I think, you know, yeah. I gotta, we gotta kind of work together and make sure we put you in front of the audience. I remember we did a program at Mancy's and you know, oh, you, Mancy State. Yeah, you yeah. set it up and kind of talked through. Yeah. And I remember at the end of the night going, wow, like we had an amazing turnout you were able to open close it was compliant relative. and it was yeah. a really good evening and I, I think you know like I said I, you don't have to always be great at everything and, and going away from that I was I remember thinking this is gonna be easy for me to easy work with peasy you. so I appreciated the friendship and I think as we've grown older we kind of know like what one or one of the others gift oh, yeah. is so. yeah, yeah. Good. And, and so one of the things here, if you're listening here again, is being able to serve on whatever platform you're on. You don't have to be the best, and I've never claimed to be the best at one particular skill set, but what I won't allow someone to do is outserve me. And I think one of the key components we always talk about on this podcast, serving others, having compassion, being passionate, and showing the will to win. So we've spoken about uh, serving. So what do you think in your mind, for, I mean, your current role, how big is passion is an attribute, uh, Jeff, to win? What do you think passion fits in? Yeah, it's really probably key just because it says like who you are as a person. If you do want to serve others and get into this industry, it really is about, you know, making sure the patient gets the right medication or that we do serve the patients. And the reason is think about we could go sell whatever we wanted. So we could go sell real estate, we could go sell, you know, computer software, whatever it may be, but we chose this industry because it's probably one of the only ones where if we do our job really well, right. uh, someone gets the right medication, someone gets the right treatment at the right time, and it impacts a family that I just don't think you get that in a lot of other sales jobs. So, you know, it is a call to serve, I always believe. Man, so uh, putting that in the sense that I always say in the podcast, you know, I've never claimed to be a physician, never had that much schooling. But one thing I can make certain of that I know my product better than the physician at the end of the day, think of how many patients benefited from the products you and I had. We they'll never know who we are, like kind of like the unsung hero. They don't know I mean they don't know who we are, but the physician was educated enough to be able to listen to us, to be able to be able to know the indication, side effects and all this other stuff. So but so when we talk about being passionate, how much do you think passion plays a role in, in, the, in the pharma industry. What would you say about passion? I'd say it plays a huge role because you can get beat down. Uh, 
who no, beats his mouth? No, like, you know, some of the physician's <laughs> office don't value you as much as others, you know, and so you can really, it's easy to lose, lose the passion. And uh, I think if you're not bringing it every day, you may miss a patient or two that doesn't get the right med at the right time. And I think a lot of times we're seen as like, we want them to choose our med. And I sure. think that's, that's not factual. In today's day and age, we want it to be the right one. Cause if it's not the right one, it's not going to work. And if that's right, if, if it doesn't work, the physician's going to get upset with us. Um, and, and so you want it to be the right one and you want it for the patient's sake as well. Everyone, so I always view it as being so that patient you may want the physician to prescribe the product to you and they probably don't need it or probably it's not the best option. That's someone's mom, that's someone's aunt, that's someone's niece. So always put yourself on the other side of that coin and if you do that, you can never go wrong because you're, you're thinking, you're being compassionate, you're, you're, you're serving. And the passion piece that Jeff mentioned, I'm telling you, I can't, when I first started off, I, man, I, there were offices that I swear, they saw me and they were like, let's have fun today. I'm like, hey, what, what, what did I ever do to you? What do you want? I mean, I'm here to see the doc. Well, sit down. So it's one of those things you have to kind of reload or re-up your passion because if you don't, you'll find yourself like, in a conundrum and like how do i how do i break away from uh from this other my competitor how do i break away even from myself at times so speak, what do you think about that i mean when you were doing it i mean of course you're in a national level right now how how did that work for you you know the the passion is kind of the key component because this company that i just uh, left was tandem diabetes care and it sure. was the coolest company from the standpoint of the ceo the cfo the board everyone was aligned around making type 1 diabetes easy um, so we were always like simple safe smart and i always could go into any office doctor talk with any family any I insurance company whether it was anthem it. and say we're going to do right by you so if you hate this machine and it doesn't work out for you we're going to find out a way to make it right take it back whatever it may be we want you to have a great experience and i absolutely loved the passion of the company because it made it easy to sell it was like something i could put my name on put my stamp on because i knew i could go to the ceo i could go to the cfo i could go to the cco and say hey we need to do right by this family and here's why and there's something freeing about that and so the passion really starts to come out when it is a company that's completely around like aligned around the patient so i you know i'm eight weeks into my new company but um you know, I have nothing but love for my old company. So, so before you didn't tell us the role, though, tell tell the listeners the viewers the role, man. Yeah, I took over a national sales director role for Alto Pharmacy, and uh, basically we're a white glove um, digital pharmacy out of Palo or no, out of the Bay Area, we'll call it San okay. Francisco. And uh, what we do that's a little bit different is, you know, the physician writes the script. Sure, it comes immediately to us. We start applying the, all the coupons, we notify the patient, and then we try to find the best deal, and then we deliver it to the patient um, that same day. And so our thing is like, there's no back and forth between the patient, the doctor, um, and the pharmacist. So we try to streamline that process and eliminate you going to Walgreens two or three times <laughs> and worrying about the price. And so the cool thing about it is we try to eliminate hurdles for patients to get meds. Wow, so we're back to get that viewers, a listener, serving other people. So 
in your tenure right now, what would you say, Jeff, what, what would you say at this point in your junction, your professional selling career, what do you hold on to? What, what, what motivates you? What keeps you? I know you, we mentioned about uh, making it easier for the patient, serving other people and making it right. But if you had to boil it down into one cool attribute in selling, what would you say it would be? You know, I think I, I enjoy the people-to-people -people interaction. I do enjoy serving the patients. Mm -hmm. I also, I, I really just enjoy learning in general. So, like, I, I think at my previous company, I enjoyed learning about diabetes. I enjoyed learning about medical benefits, so how medical benefits work. Right. And then here, I'm learning digital health, and I'm learning pharmacy benefits. And so... You know, when you think about a health insurance plan, it's got, you know, the left hand, which would be the medical benefit, and then the right hand, which would be the pharmacy benefit. So I love to learn. I seek to learn. That's why I, like, seek out smart people and say, like, teach me, mold me. And I think, you know, that's something I'm doing again. I'm trying to reinvent myself here at, at age 45 is to, to get better. So He's doing a good job doing it, people. Let's viewers. He's doing a really good job. He's a, such a humble guy. So you failed to mention that you were the kicker for University of Michigan, though. What's up with that? <laughs> Talk about that a little bit. I mean, you're, you're my brother, my friend. Talk. Tell the people what you did when you were in college. I, I actually followed that same recipe. <laughs> um, I, you know, I was a, a kicker here at uh, Toledo St. John's, and then I was a walk-on kicker at Michigan. And so when I joined the team, I was eighth on the roster. And, uh, you know, there was an All-American, Remy Hamilton, oh, and another, yeah. another gentleman, Jay Feely. Ooh. And I did what I did at, at Eli Lilly. I <laughs> kind of picked their brains. And every year that I failed, I got a little better and, and learned from it. those guys. And I kind of took that philosophy of, like, you know, fail forward or, or you know, just learning I've, I've, and always getting better awesome. and kind of incorporated that into my professional life. Yeah. The reason I, I, I bring it up is because I, what I try to do viewers and listeners is surround myself with the best of the best. And clearly he is obviously one of the best of the best in the country, in the state, in the city. And I think if you, you're wanting to get into the industry, because we're talking candidly right now about selling, right? The, the, the whole conundrum of selling. You have to surround yourself with people who are doing better than you are, quote unquote, or people who are striving to become one of the best or already are the best. So that is key and crucial. You can't allow for yourself to be dormant or around people for that matter who, uh, I hate to say, well, I can say it, that aren't successful, that are, I mean, think about them. We call them bottom feeders. <laughs> There's so many bottom feeders in this industry. They're around because they're around. Never been successful, but they're around you know quote unquote the right person but you've never won anything um, so clearly if you want to be in sales the goal is to win right and to have that be a regular practice as opposed to once in a time my whole thing was I, I you know I just always wanted to dominate I wanted to win everything I could win and and it wasn't anything personal it was just business I mean if I was that if you're not first you're last <laughs> Ricky Bobby, Bobby, Bobby if yeah, you're yeah. not first you're last so so what am I saying I'm saying like just Jeff is espousing Always seek out uh, others that are doing better than you are in your particular profession if you want to exceed or go farther. So what other, um, I don't know, can you remember any other things we did? Oh, wow, watch this. So this is just like candid talk. Um, remember we had a DM, JM, I'll just say JM. So why I bring this up is because if you're 
goal is to become successful and to win, 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 you always are going to come across what I like to refer to as potholes. And this particular DM uh, was a pothole. He, uh, I think maybe he, he, he was in the industry for a while, but never really, really won anything. And so Jeff and I had good chemistry, right? He mentioned that to you earlier. And I can recall him, want the his name was JM, him wanting to know more about you. And he's asking me, I'm like, why don't you call? I said, why don't you call Jeff and ask him? He's asking me all these questions because Jeff had a, a different DM. And I would always speak highly of, of my brother right here. And he couldn't quite understand. He goes, well, how often do you guys communicate? He would call me TJ. TJ. I'm like, just stop calling me. How often do you guys communicate, TJ? And I would tell Jeff, and Jeff like, dude, what's his problem? You're top 5%, because at that time, I was top 5% in the country, right? And so what, what am I saying? You don't let people like that with that personality stop you if, in fact, your goal is to be successful. Can you kind of speak to that? You think? Yeah, no, I, I think you're going to have that at every <laughs> step of the way, you know, someone that's going to tell you what you can and can't do. And I think, you know, we all, I always say to my kids all the time, we rationalize like our successes and our failures way heavy. And so you always have to be telling yourself where you're doing well, because, you know, you, you want to make sure you always have good progress and good state of mind, because you're going to have people that are trying to kind of bring you down and I think at the end of the day like I, I always laugh like you know I think there was five to seven times that I didn't get into pharma so the, you know there was sure. five to seven people that told me no before I got a yes and I wow. think you know if looking back on all those folks that told me I wasn't good enough to get into the industry to, to where I am today or where you are today My I think goodness. it's it's interesting because you, you just can't let people tell you what you are and you aren't. And so I think that's a really key takeaway for anything you want to do in life. So he would always tell me, this is what he would always say, TJ, the devil's in the detail. So the first time I won, I was number one, well, the second time it became number one in the country. I texted him on LinkedIn. JM, you were right. The devil was in the details. Congratulations. Okay, that wasn't good enough. Became number one again. Hey. You're right, Jim. The devil's in the detail. He didn't respond at that point. So you get the picture. So as he stated and says, there's always going to be people who are want to kind of rain on your parade because uh, in reality, they're them being unsuccessful, unfortunately, is a reality. And I, you cannot and you should not live your life through the lens of someone who has not been successful. Um, so, so Jeff, and I mean, at, at the, and it doesn't really matter because you're at a, like a national, uh, C-suite level, the same attributes or the same characteristics that you were able to utilize while you were selling, cause you're selling now, so, but you're at a different level. Can you see where it's, it's changed any at all, if at any? No, it's all, you know, people buy from people they like, right? Okay. And okay. It, you know, okay. business plan. So it's business planning one-on-one and then sure. people buy from people they like and the people they trust that they want to do business with. And I think, you know, my old, again, I've been blessed with insane mentors and I had a really good one at my last company. And my CCO used to say yeah. to me all the time, he would say, you know, Jeff, like, you know, not everybody wants to do business with you. And it would get me better out of shape. But the more <laughs> that I thought about it, he's right. But, you know, he would say that, man. Yeah. yeah. And he he's right because it's like, you love, love, love the good people. And I'm sure it's like you with yeah. some of your best yeah, customers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, there's people that just don't want to do business with you. And I think that's whether you're, you know, 
selling to primary care or you're going to sell into a C-suite, it's all going to be the similar dynamics and selling right. is selling. And I tell my kids all the time, like, if you're the CEO, you're selling to the shareholders. If you're the CFO, you're selling the financial plan to the board. If you're the CCO, you're selling the selling model to the to the board. You're always whatever <laughs> you're, always you're doing. Selling. Always be selling. You're never going away from selling. And when you think about it, it's it's something that's a, really a timeless pastime. That you know, it, it, it's a skill in every company where sure. the people are paid the most. And um, the reason is it it's a hard skill. And I'm sure it's as much <laughs> success as you've had and mentoring. I mean, I guess that I'll ask you like. Do you enjoy the sexual selling or do you enjoy the mentoring more? Because I think that's an interesting question. Awesome, for you. great question. So in fact, I think I would have to, I, I like both, but I, I'm i a selling beast. I like to be in the grimy gritty part of it. So I always say no doesn't mean no. No means not right now, <laughs> I'm busy. Todd, I have a lot on my mind right now. Could you come back? So I don't see no as like a no. So I like that part because I like the the result of me being persistent and having something worthwhile to share and give. I like to see when I turn that corner and they they see, he was right. Yeah, I was right, so I'm still here. I'm not going anywhere. So I like that piece, but I like the mentoring piece as well because when you see a person or persons that are pouring into you and you get a chance to get something that's tangible, that's something that's invaluable because they may have had to work years to get it. And you're giving it to me. You think that much? You're giving it to me? So I'm going to embrace it. I'm going to take it. So I guess it would be a 50-50 split uh, because, I mean, how much more awesome does it get for someone to give you something that it took them years, probably a lot of sweat, a lot of heartache to get? That's priceless, man. I mean, am I talking too much? What, no, what no, I think it's, it, you're right. It's a, They're trusting you with their patience and they're trusting you almost as an extension of care of them. And so when you get to that level with a customer, it, it's a really cool experience because you are part of the treatment team, so to speak. So so on that same note, I'm gonna turn the corner on this one. So if you get to that level, which we're referring to, trust me when I tell you, you're gonna have colleagues, if you're working what we call a pod, that aren't gonna be too happy about that, right? Uh, even to this day, I've experienced where, okay, I'll say it. I had an in-service with a nurse practitioner and you know what she told me? She said this to me. Uh, Ken, can I just have you call on me? I goes, what are you trying to do? He goes, I'm telling you what I want. I goes, hey, let's kind of keep that low, turn that volume <laughs> down. Because the last thing I need is um, for someone to say, well, why only does she? Well, the reality matters because she's told me why. I'm not going to tell anyone else that uh, the reason as to why. But. You're going to have people when you get to the certain level that I'm telling you that aren't going to like it. They're going to try to sabotage. You're going to try to malign or whatever your success. But that's all part of winning, Jeff. So I don't get any more now. I promise you, I don't get mad. I expect it. And I know that it's it's never personal. It's always business. So how they feel. Chuck, sometimes I don't like myself, but I live with me, right? So I get it. When you develop that attitude that it's never personal, it's always business, you won't find yourself in the weeds worrying about who likes me or why, so what they don't like you. The reality is you have been called, if you're in sales, you have a special opportunity to make a difference 
in someone else's life. And you can't do that if in fact you are worried about how someone else feels about you. What do you think, man? No, I think that's <laughs> well said. And the, the biggest thing is when you have a, a real team, you know, you would realize that. And then like I, I, Coach Carr always used to say, oh, when man. you have- Coach Carr, you have him. When he would have, you know, like he would say to us like, you know, when you have success, there'll be enough, you know, recognition to go around. And my sophomore year, we won the national championship. And, you know, like that year, like we had Charles where's Woodson. I, I, oh, know, where's the ring, baby? Where's the ring? Come on. <laughs> you know, Charles won the Heisman and coach won the best coach of the year. And there was enough recognition to go around. And I think that kind of goes back to the point of like when I first met you, I was like, I'm if I win because of the work you do, I think like there'll be enough recognition for me. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? As to my, my part that I played in that. Jeff, my and brother, so yeah. I think people in the industry a lot of times have a hard time with that. And that's, they shouldn't. It what? should be something that should be celebrated and across the team because everyone's not going to be great at everything. And that to me, my friend, is an enigma. I, I've never understood why. Uh, you know, here's a reality. Anyone that says, uh, all providers, all all they all love me. Come on, brother. I had everyone to disagree manager. John Tucker, John, if you're listening, thank you for this. You know what John Tucker told me? He goes, listen, physicians don't need more friends, Ty. They need to be educated. So stop trying to make them your friends. So I stopped that a long while ago. I just really focus on serving them, and then I become their friends, if that's the case. But anyone that says they all love me, Okay, I bet they do. I have their numbers on my phone. Yeah, I bet you do. But the reality of the matter is, you know, it's kind of hard pill to swallow when you told when I mean some just want to be business and not personal, which I get. Um, but a lot of representatives don't like that. They want to be loved by everyone. It, yeah, I, mean, I think it's a very competitive. You know, you're bringing a lot of competitive people into sure. an organization, so you're gonna have that. And I think the biggest thing is like that you want to make sure that you don't let it rot your, your team. And you, you know, you want to make sure with people that they understand that their, their contributions are valued, but maybe it's not best for the team that <laughs> they work with that nurse practitioner. And I don't know how you say that to, to get people not upset, but I think at the end of the day, the success of, of the team will lead to, you know, the success of the patient and the physician and everybody will win. Yeah. And so in that same breath, Although she shared that with me, I'm thinking, I'm thinking strategically, the bigger picture, you know, I know what you're saying, I have respect and I honor what you're saying, but in reality, if I were to share that, how would it work out for the team? I'm thinking about the patient. So if I, cause I could, I would never do this in a million years, but I'm always thinking a step ahead. There's a lot bigger issues in, than me and her having the other teammates call on this particular uh, MP. So. At the end of the day, it's it's about the team, and before that, it's about the patient. Now, how would that affect the algorithm of the patient getting what they need? So, absolutely. So I'm I'm just always trying to think like that, man. So, um, so you're you're dealing with uh, bigger opportunities, bigger issues, and you made mention that the same um, characteristics of being successful can apply at that at that level. In your level right now, have you ever seen someone who just doesn't get it? Yeah, I mean, I think you're going to have that across the continuum. <laughs> how do you deal with them? When, it is, yeah. when you think, man, this guy's the, what? You don't get it? What, how do you deal with that? I, you know, it's the same whether you're you know, yeah. calling on a primary care or yeah. you're high up in an organization. I mean, they're part of your team. you got to 
figure out how to how to work with them and uh you know sometimes that means like trying to empower them or help them or providing feedback i think uh you know my my wife is a great mentor to me like she, she oh. reaches out to a lot of people she's got like you know her passion is like developing people right and so that's like a very rare person and so when you look at her coaching tree it's very large she has like a lot of people she's a dm she, as well just yeah manager. yeah she, and she's developed like a lot of people and one thing that like i think that she has like really taught me is like you know hey maybe that person's not where you want them today but you could maybe be that influence that gets them to where they are more serviceable or you know i think of like what if you had not worked you know maybe i was that person to you you know no, what I'm saying? No. You're like, this For the moment, I no, dude. And so you were able to bring me through that path. And so I, I always think about her. Like um, we, we had a guy on my team at, at Tandem that was, you know, very good at developing people. And I was blessed. Was he DBM, district manager? He, he was just like a peer, but he was very helpful. Oh, and, uh, okay, okay. You know, he was like my wife. And he left the company. And, and I remember people like, oh, it's not that big of a loss. I'm like, these people are great people because they elevate the team. Sure. And I think it kind of says a lot about you as a human to be like, this guy has no, you know, I was came out of Eli Lilly training from commercial real estate. I had no idea what I was doing to be able to say, Hey, I think I need to help this guy. No, but it's you, very rare. Jeff, you had it. You, <laughs> I mean, when I say had it, you had the, the, the skill a set. Ford fusion. That was it. <laughs> I remember like, oh, dude, I had oh, a fortune. so did I. Ugly. I had no I idea where he was. Man, were. dude, oh my goodness, yeah. Wow. So, but the, the natural makeup to be successful, you, I, I saw it on you. I knew you had it. You had the charisma, you had the knowledge, you were educated. So it wasn't like it was a hard fit. You just needed uh, to be reminded of a few things in that skill set, and you took off. I mean, you, you kind of dominated on your end, right? Well, like yeah, I said, I, I had a good like little run there. There was a guy that took me from Lilly to AstraZeneca. And then um, I was at AstraZeneca and then he took me to Tandem. He was at a partner company called Dexcom and he uh, basically called Tandem. I was like, you need to hire this guy. And they hired me. Um, and I, again, I came in, I'd never called on endocrinologists. I'd never sold medical devices. And so, <laughs> I, you know, I was, I was a one-star recruit, very similar to what I was at Lilly, but I found uh, some great mentors and, and, and learned. And then I think I was ninth in the nation year one. And then year two, I won the trip. Year three, I missed the trip by a slot. And then that's when they moved me into managed care. And so uh, I was very blessed to find good people and, and emulate them. So I'm gonna do this. So we're not talking Pacific's monies wise, never do that. but when you're successful at any level, would you say the industry is rewarding? Yeah, I, I think it is. Um, you know, they're gonna try to keep good people. Um, sure. And, and for the most part, if you're caring about the patient, you care about the company, um, they're gonna want you on the team. And as long as you're developing, like I think you, you nailed it earlier when you're like, you know, sales is constantly evolving. You constantly need to be getting better and, and trying to, you know, reach the apex. And if that's the case, financially, you know, that's going to be, you know, something that follows, I think. And uh, you don't need to really pursue financial, you know, like I always ask people, are you money motivated? Or <laughs> do you want to like what you do? And those are two different questions. I think for everyone that sure. answers 
I don't think there's a wrong answer to either of that question, but it's going to tell you, you know, as your career track, you know, is this something I'm going to enjoy doing or is this something I'm doing because they're giving me more money? And that's a good thing to think about, I think, for everybody that's moving up through the medical device and pharma industry. Do you want to lead people? Then maybe you should be a manager. Do you not want to lead people? Maybe managed care or marketing uh, is, an, is an opportunity for you. Sure. So with all that being said, I'm so, this is for me, this is like surreal because uh, full circle, it's like we've known one another for over 10 years now. We've laughed a lot on, on, on things that are kind of probably kind of goofy. <laughs> I remember telling the story, I remember one day we had, um, we were doing what we were killing it and JM wanted to have a conference call. Do you remember that day? Yeah. Jeff day? says to me, why in the hell, why are we having a, it's, it's like 5.30. On a Friday. It was on a Friday and we're still on this call. We're still, he's texting me, dude, a week, I'm off. So JM goes around and everyone's still on the call. I'm like, dude, you don't, you don't get it. It's a Friday. It's like 5.45. It's just probably you and myself and two other people. So why did I bring this up? Here again, if in fact the goal for you is to be successful, you're going to have to encounter people. So plan on encountering people like this. So when you get going, things going, you should not be surprised when you see, it may not be a JM, but it could be a, a BM, it could be a, a, a DK, you just never know. So just always know that that's part of this recipe of success. You're going to have people who uh, maybe are a little spicy in the, in, the, in the recipe of things, maybe a little bit too salty. So just understand and appreciate that so you're not surprised uh, when it does happen. So if in, so, we're getting prepared to kind of prepare ourselves to sign off. Give the viewers and the listeners uh, some other bits of wisdom. It could be anything that you've encountered, anything that you've seen in your selling profession to prepare them to propel. Yeah, probably the biggest thing is just like grow yourself, grow your brand. I think that I, early on, one thing that I learned from you, my wife, is like find some mentors, like have, put your ego in check and be willing to learn from the greats because they're basically giving you a cut in the line and, and like <laughs> for all intents and purposes if you can check your ego and go to people who are killing it uh you're gonna kill it too and then once you kill it you'll be able to move up through the you know the ranks and i think the other thing is like you know when covid hit it was great for me because i started to kind of look at myself and say all right like where do i need to grow and i think like you know, I try to focus on like learning as much as I possibly can in a day. So I read a lot of books. I read a lot about, you know, business. I read a lot about finance. I read about the healthcare industry. I reach out to a lot of folks that I haven't talked to in like five, 10 years, but I know on LinkedIn, they're, they're a big deal and I could probably learn something from them. So um, I would carve out, you know, whether it be two to three to four hours a week and reach out to people that you've fallen out of touch with and get advice, seek mentors, because um, there's a lot of smart people out there and they all are there to help you. And so um, I think that's one thing that I've learned since COVID is, uh, you know, it, we hear a lot of the negative, but actually people are all the same. They all want great things for their family. They want great things for their wife, their husband, their kids. And they're all willing to help and whether and I, they're i see why any, you're a national leader now bro. no i, I it's I crazy why. because it, people love people they love helping people and i think uh i was the beneficiary of that and 
you know, you think of hate and I think of love because like I said, to, to be able to kind of do and, and have the success, it really is about love. So I, I would reach out to as many people My brother. Yep, that yep. you look up to as, as possible. So you, you brought up something, the ego thing, how, and this for, for the life of me, I've met people, and I'm not gonna go on a rant, I promise you, that have an ego, but I'm thinking, you haven't won anything. We were, at a, we were at on a conference call, and I remember this like it was yesterday. I had a, a district manager ask me, she says, um, do, now do you think you're winning all these number one spots was kind of a coincidence? <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's interesting because, you know, when you win in pharma, if you win more than once, it's, it, if you win once, it's not a coincidence. And the reason is, is it's hard. I mean, like it, my wife and I, she was number one in the nation. It would have been like 2016, but she was in the industry. Your wife for is really good. Yeah, she, she was in the industry for nine years. So it took her, you know, eight times of not getting it to learn how right. to win. And I think, you know, folks like yourself who have win multiple times, it's a, uh, so hard to do it. It's certainly not. It's, they, they make it hard. It's not like oh, oh you got lucky. Hey, like there's not a lot of that going around. And uh, I, I think from the ego standpoint, you know, like that was a key turning point for me to be like, you know, men get a little bit like I'm not gonna call another man for help. <laughs> but like as soon as I kind of my wife like I would watch her do it, and I'm like you know, I need to have more mentors. I need to have people. And, and that was a key turning point in my life. Sure. And so I think you know, I, that allowed me to be coachable. So. And uh, I saw his wife, I at one, I think one of us on a primary care years ago, sharp, quality, yeah. she's astute, beautiful. She's on top of her game. It's like Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Uh, she's very polished too, and so yeah. um, she's really she's sharp, good man. at what she does. And I think she makes it look. Like, e I've seen her. She makes it look easy. She does. Yeah. She does. And uh, so for me, I had like an in-house trainer. And you know, when they when you think about the great, you know, coaches uh, like sure. you know a Saban, and you look yeah. at like Sarkeesian and all these great coaching trees. Uh, you know, the best coaches have great spawn of people they've trained and you know that's that's her legacy is she's left a, a lot of people that she's kind of facilitated and i would consider myself one of them and yeah. you know i i try to leave that legacy i don't know that i'm as good at it as her or Man, some of the others but i that's certainly what let I me stop you do your your spot when you're one of the best or if not the best at what you do jeff you jd you are hands down no you i'm, I'm saying it because i mean it. i see it like I saw with the first day we met, we went to the office in Oak Harbor. I said, this guy has it. This guy has it. I just shut up. Yeah, no, 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 work. you had it, brother. You, but, you, have, uh, you have it. You have it. So, hey, listen, this is Todd Johnson from the podcast series, Winning with Todd Johnson, where I have my good brother, best friend, Jeff DeBurn, who is a national mover now with the company. And uh, so we go way back. And this whole podcast was about, uh, you know, smart things in our industry, things we observe while being in the industry. And it's all true. Uh, candid Conversations is what this episode is going to be entitled. So you can hear this podcast on any major platform, whether it's Spotify, Anchor, Google Chrome. Uh, I, you can listen to it on iTunes. The whole purpose of this podcast is to allow for you to be able to pick and choose certain pieces that you may be missing to add to who you are to become the best 
of the best. The whole goal is to have continual runs of being number one in the country like I've been and I'm continuing to strive to be the best. So I'm so grateful that this, uh, my brother took minutes time out of his busy schedule to be with us here on today. I am Todd Johnson with my awesome guest, host Jeff DeBurn saying bye for now.